Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. There have been some exclusives in the newsletter that either haven't been made public anywhere else or were at least first seen in the newsletter, so be sure you're signed up for that. The folks who get that have even gotten access to discounts lower than anywhere else. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from central Nebraska, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who fronts a band called Whiskey Bent, which will celebrate its 11-year anniversary in March. He was previously a guest on this show way back on episode 118 in May of 2016. Since that time, he and his band have opened for several national acts, including Jake Owens, Sawyer Brown, and Jimmy Allen. This spring and summer, they are already booked for fairs and festivals that will see them on the bill with the likes of Luke Combs, Toby Keith, Diamond Rio, Trent Tomlinson, and more. You've been hearing a song of theirs called Shotgun. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Tim Zock. Hey, Bruce. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to have you back, Tim. And I want to start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song that we were just playing called Shotgun. Yeah, uh, Shotgun is a song that's on our Blue Collar America record, and uh, it was uh, it was one of those songs that you know sometimes you know you write songs uh, about things that are you know serious and important, and then sometimes uh, you uh, you write songs that are just kind of fun. And when we wrote that song, um, you know, when we play that when we play Shotgun live, I I always tell folks you know just because it's in a song doesn't necessarily mean that we believe in it. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously the song's about, you know, you and your buddy go out to a, to a, a beer joint after work and, and, uh, you plan on having one and you end up, you know, having too much fun and closing it down and you, uh, you try to figure out who's, who's driving home. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it seems to be a, a song that really hits in our live shows. People have fun with it. And then uh, I always disclaimer at the end of it, you know, call a cab, don't drink and drive. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, where we grew up um, in, in central Nebraska, and I actually grew up in northern Wisconsin, um, you know, sometimes you get a six pack of beer and drive around on the on the gravel roads. And it's kind of a way of life, I guess. So it's I, people do it. So we decided to write a song about it. <laughs> So I don't want to spend too much time on what I'm about to ask you because I do want the audience to go back and listen to our previous interview that we did on episode 118. But just if you would briefly, because I was going to ask you who wrote Shotgun, can you just tell the audience who all is in the band, who does what, meaning what they play, and then who does the writing? Because I wanted to know about the writing of the song Shotgun. Sure. Um, for the Whiskey Bent stuff, we uh, we co-write most of it. Um, the main, our main songwriter is actually Joe Parr. He plays guitar for us. Um, on the records, he also plays a lot of the utility instruments, so any of the keyboard stuff that you might hear in there, um, mandolin, uh, 
violin, fiddle, that kind of wow. thing. Um, he plays, you know, he was also uh, Rocky Mountain Country Music Musician of the Year. Um, a couple years back, he won a beautiful gold buckle, which was kind of cool for us. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Joe's kind of our main songwriter. And then uh, Jeff Westwood is our guitar player on the other side. Um, and I don't remember if last time we talked um, that Kevin Galvin was our bass player yet then. Uh, Kevin, he started with us basically 10 years ago as our sound engineer. And we had gone through a couple bass players. And uh, when the when John Victory, who was our bass player prior to Kevin, left, Kevin uh, basically said he wanted to try and uh, try out for the bass position. So hmm. um, he practiced and practiced and and he had never played bass before, so he basically took the lessons and learned wow. to, to do it. And honestly, it's been probably the best uh, fit for us. Um, not taking anything away from anybody else that's ever played for us, but uh, sure. But Kevin, Kevin has has done a very, very good job for limited amount of experience that he's had, and, and he's been playing bass now with us for eh, four years, I think. Fantastic. So it might have been right you know, right after we had talked last yeah. time, as a yeah. matter of fact. Um, and then of course on drums, we have, uh, Jeff Wilson and he's been with us, uh, pretty much from the start too. So we've got a very good group, um, uh, of guys. I mean, collectively there's three of us, Jeff Westwood, Jeff Wilson, and myself and Kevin, um, have been together for the whole run of, of us, you know, starting the band whiskey bent. So nice, nice. Well, for the audience, I do encourage you, as I said, to go back and listen to the interview that Tim and I did for episode 118. I know we talked on that episode about Whiskey Bent having opened for Leonard Skinnerd and Tim, here we are more than four and a half years later, and y'all have opened for a whole lot more, as we heard with some of the names that I read off in the beginning. Let's break down a lot of this, because I think there are some good teaching moments here for those in the audience who are aspiring performers themselves. So first is the bookings for Whiskey Bent shows. Are you yourself and or someone else in the band doing all those, or do you have a booking agent, or is it maybe a combination of the two? It's a, it's a little bit of a combination. Um, I I do all the bookings and all the um, PR uh, stuff as far as, you know, with our band. I did uh, about three years ago. Um, I had a, a gal. Her name is Paula Burrell from Burrell Productions. Uh, contact me and her and I had a meeting and um, so we have a non-exclusive agreement with Paula um, so she does do a lot of bookings for us like she has some contacts with you know different uh, fairs and festivals in the Midwest so um, you know the, the, a lot of it I do myself if Paula has something for me she'll you know she does a really good job of uh, of getting us out in front and promoting us um to these festivals and fairs and things like that and and to be honest you know some other smaller venues uh that she's got relationships with so it's been a good partnership uh for us to have paula on board helping uh helping with that aspect of the business and for the audience i like that tim said we have a non-exclusive so if you're new in the business and if you're thinking about looking into a booking agent I have two pieces of advice for you. Number one is to make sure you know about that. Make sure you know 
that there is such a thing as a non-exclusive as opposed to an exclusive, which basically just means that you can use other agents. And that's something that one of my own clients does. She she gets booked by so many different booking agents that there's no shortage of work for her and she gets plenty of bookings as a result. So that's one of the benefits is that you do stand to get lots and lots of shows. The other thing that I would recommend is if you're in a position where you think you're considering, you think you're ready to talk to a booking agent and see if it is a fit, I want you to go back and listen to an interview that I did with a guy named Jack Foreman. He is the president of Bicoastal Productions. They are a New York City-based talent agent, booking agent, etc. And Jack gave out a lot of really good advice during our interview. And you can kind of learn from him uh, a lot of different lessons. Like I say, if you're new to this and if you think that you're ready for it, you may very well listen to that and say, well, maybe this isn't for me after all. Or you may contact a booking agent and you may find out the hard way that maybe you're not ready. Uh, That's episode 338, by the way. And I will put a link to it on the show page for Tim's episode. So, Tim, let's move on a little bit here because I wonder, can you talk about specifically, though, the bookings that are as an opener for a national act? I'm sure that it has to help that y'all have so much experience doing it, but are you just trying to do one-offs when these acts come through your town, or have you been able to catch on with one or more national acts for multiple shows as a recurring opener? What, What does that look like for Whiskey Bent? You know, we, we haven't done any touring with nationals, so to speak. Um, and uh, mainly because we really has, haven't pursued that Avenue because, um, uh, you know, a lot of the guys, including myself, um, do also have, you know, full-time careers on top of full-time music. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those situations for me where, you know, I would love to be able to do that. But with my, you know, the current situation with the band and the cohesiveness that we have, you know, it would just be very difficult to go for, you know, three months out on the road and, and, you know, with everybody having jobs, obviously the, you know, the, uh, the jobs that we have would not probably hold our jobs for us to be able to do that. So, Mm. um, you know, we're very, our, our, our day jobs are very flexible as far as allowing us to go, you know, in the summertime, maybe play a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, you know, come back to work on, you know, on Monday. So, um, for what we're doing right now, we've just built a lot of good relationships. Uh, part of it is because I do work for a radio station in central Nebraska as a, I, I'm, I'm not on the air, but I'm a, uh, a sales rep sell advertising for them. And, you know, I've, I've created a lot of relationships through playing music and the people that I get to meet, you know, during the, my day job. So it's kind of helped me in my music career working in the industry of radio. No doubt. No doubt. And listeners, another great lesson that you just heard from Tim, because I think it's important to realize that especially in a band situation, maybe not so much as a solo act, but as attractive as it may sound, boy, we would love to catch on with an act that'll bring us out on tour with them. Is everyone in your band able to get the time off from work? Not to mention, you know, these guys more than likely have families. And so 
how is that going to be getting away from the family for what could be three or four months? So all these things are really important to consider as glamorous as it might look from the outside. Once you really roll up your sleeves and start digging into this stuff, this is kind of what some of the behind the scenes stuff is. So Tim, this year, Whiskey Bent is going to be on the bill with Sawyer Brown for the third time. And I want to say with Trent Tomlinson for at least the second time, when you start to perform multiple times with the same national act, can a bit of a rapport start to be built or does it just kind of vary depending on who it is? You know, um, absolutely. And I've got, I mean, I can tell you, I've got great stories about, um, you know, a couple different guys. Um, Sawyer Brown, like Hobie is their, one of the main guys, keyboard player, and he takes care of all their social media stuff. And, um, you know, from the first time that we've played, that we played with Sawyer Brown, I, kind of developed a friendship with him and um you know he uh i gave him a couple of our cds and he listened to him and he like it was like three weeks later they're on the road and all of a sudden i get a text message hey tim uh listen to your cd um the song you wrote about sam fultz is fantastic good job mm. it was kind of neat to, to have that well you know then next time we play with them you know i sent him a message hey it looks like we're gonna be opening for you guys again uh this summer and he's like yeah looking forward to seeing you and catching up and so yeah like you know the i i have conversations back and forth uh with the sawyer brown guys you know three four times a year it seems like nice and uh it's it's been great yeah and i love that you told the story about the song that he liked because you know i think some artists might just go the the generic route and say hey thanks for having given me your cd we really like your stuff and you go okay i guess i'm just gonna have to take his word on it that he listened to it but when he gets that specific and tells you what one of the songs was about then you know he really listened right yeah exactly and then you know like uh we played a couple shows with jake owen um we've opened we actually opened for jake twice on uh, we played Frog Fest with him, and then a couple years later, uh, in 2019, we opened for him uh, at Nebraska Land Days in North Platte, Nebraska. And uh, I got to tell you, Jake Owen, as far as his band and crew, are the most welcoming crew that I've ever I got a chance to work with. Mm. Um, you know, they invited us on stage to. They had he had these tiki bars set up and we sat on stage and watched the show and um you know at, dur- during his show when we played at Nebraska Land Days his twin brother uh, which those guys are from down in your direction down in Florida mm-hmm. um, his twin brother came and hung out with us in the in you know back behind the side stage that we were playing after the main stage and they just just really good people um, they're regular folks that um have been fortunate enough to make a career out of playing music so it it's really cool when you get to meet people that you aspire to have that type of success as they have and you realize you can still be a good normal person and uh and have success so that's great it's great it's always good to hear those kind of stories unfortunately we do hear probably too much meaning more than the good stories you do hear the bad ones you do hear the artists that unfortunately don't give the time of day to the opener they don't acknowledge them there's no contact whatsoever so it's always refreshing to hear stories like the one that you just told about jake owen and his band just like you had with the guys from sawyer brown so 
while you don't want to be going into these shows, I'm talking about being an opener for a national act, you don't want to be going into those shows with your handout. What, and, and I'm asking this more to as a teaching moment, what secretly is sort of your goal? You know, what's what's kind of your wish as it relates to some of these good opener opportunities? Like what can an, an artist or a band maybe strive for with those? Well, the, the nice thing is, is if you're doing these opening slots in your, you know, in your region, so to speak, where you play out, um, you know, in honky tonks and music venues and things like that, um, you get you get the opportunity. Well, first of all, a lot of the times when you get these shows, you're building your fan base um, in several ways. Obviously, you have people that are you know typically when you're an opener, you're playing somewhat the same type of music that the headliner is. So there are you already have you know five, six, seven, ten thousand people who are there because they're interested and they know who Jake Owen is now, who Sawyer Brown is, and you get to go out there and then you can tell them that you're from the area, explain to them, you know, not necessarily explain, but, you know, direct them to your website, invite them to the merch table after the show, you and then they get to meet you. And then when they meet you, they see, you know, what type of person you are and sometimes that can be good sometimes that can be bad depending on who you are as a person i guess um but i mean it's it's worked well for us to build our fan base so then when you know you go out and play some of these bigger shows you might not make you know tons of money doing them but you're building your fan base which increases your social media presence which increases your attendance at these other shows then you can start to snowball and kind of gain some momentum to where you go into these venues and you're the headliner Uh, and you're pulling in 400 people. Okay. You can, you know, you can kind of increase your value, so to speak. Yeah. And, and thus you're going to get paid a whole lot more than you were back in the day when you weren't opening for anybody. Right. Wow. And not to mention, it's really fun to play in front of 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. But, you know, I, I think of kind of the, the mom and son discussion, you know, where a mom tells her son how proud of him she is and how much she loves him. And then she comes in with that dreaded word. But but you've been <laughs> opening for all these great national acts, honey, for so many years. And where has it gotten you? So I think that's kind of what I was looking for was for the listeners who are trying to get these opportunities themselves to know why you do this so that they understand like i said you don't go in with your hand out and who knows if you have a band where you have all the time in the world yeah maybe the goal is we want to impress just one headliner enough to where they say hey this band is really good we need to just take them on tour with us instead of getting different openers in every market right and you know and i've kind of learned that uh you know a, a lot of it doesn't even the artist doesn't really, you know, these main artists don't really have a whole lot of say on on who their opener is. I mean, they might be mm. under like the William Morris agency, you know, as a booking agent. And when a booking agent books these festivals, a lot of times they'll say, well, we'll give you Jake Owen, but we have this new guy who's on our label now whose name is, you know, Tim uh, Jones. Okay. And in order to get Jake it's a package deal. You get Tim Jones as the opener and Jake. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whereas the local operator might say, 
well, gee, we'd love to have someone from our town be the opener. Right. An agency like that might say, well, I'm sure you would, but it's not going to happen. Correct. Okay. Okay. Right. Great lesson. Great lesson. Uh, before I start giving out all of your online destinations, I'm only aware of the opportunities that you have coming up this spring and summer because of information that you gave me in the lead up to today. But when I look at your band's website, there are no shows listed for upcoming shows when you click into the tour date section of the website. Is that due to COVID or is it some other reason? Uh, that is due to um, poor management of websites. <laughs> and I actually just just was updating that uh, this morning. So there is actually January and February dates okay. Uh, okay. on there now. Okay. <laughs> so um, cause we, the way we do our website is it's booked through the Bands in Town app. Oh, right. So like when I change it on Bands in Town, it automatically updates the website. Well, I'd been putting uh, events on our Facebook page under the events tab, which that's a whole different thing because Facebook changes every other day. So yeah. it's hard to even keep up with to, you know, you don't even know if anybody's seeing your stuff on your Facebook artist page yeah. anymore. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'm joined today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Central Nebraska by singer, songwriter, guitar player Tim Zock, who fronts a band called Whiskey Bent. Visit their official website at whiskeybentband.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On the website, you will see links to engage with the band on social media, meaning Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can purchase downloads of Whiskey Bent music from iTunes, plus you will find them streaming on Spotify, so do follow them on there too. Keep up with the band online so you can see where and when you can see them perform live. For those in the audience that don't know, I am an artist, manager, publicist, etc., with more than 15 years running Now Hear This Incorporated and currently serving clients from Hollywood to Las Vegas to right here in Tampa and other points in between. Take advantage of all my years of experience in the music industry and my almost seven years in podcasting for that matter through a private one-on-one -on -one video consultation with me. Just go to nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, and the article titled Video Consultations Now Available, and then book a session so I can help you with whatever challenges you're having. Tim, one last question about opener opportunities, and then we'll move on. You mentioned this briefly, but I just kind of want to revisit this so that it's understood. And I don't expect you to give out numbers, but can bands like yours expect to get paid pretty decent when you do open for a national act or is it kind of what you were saying before where you know maybe the pay actually isn't that great but you might meet the headliner you get access to their fans you do pretty good selling music and merch you see a, a bump in streaming and social media numbers you know um it's in this business it seems to be kind of you know honestly all over the board mm. um it's just a matter of in my opinion is when you get asked to be an opener, sometimes it's a situation where they say, Hey, this is the spot. It pays this much money. Would you like it? And then you have to decide on whether or not that is something that you feel is beneficial for your career to be, um, doing that for that particular amount of money. And, and if it is, and it's, you know, somebody that you're really interested in playing with and you'd, then you take it. Um, there's other times when they ask you, what would you charge for us to open? Then you wow. give them a price. Wow. Um, so it really just depends. Um, 
you know, and, and it's been, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's been anywhere from as an opening slot in the 10 years that we've been playing music, it's been anywhere from we're going to give you a hundred bucks and a couple drinks to $4,000. Wow. Wow. That is quite a range. I know you said over 10 years, but so there's your answer, listeners, in terms of well, what is the range? It's very broad. But I, I love, Tim, that you pointed out that there are times when they will ask you, what would y'all want to get to play this show? Right. It doesn't mean they're going to accept it, but you know there are times when, when it's not dictated to you. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's all a matter of, you know, especially, and that's kind of, if you're not sales savvy, um, then definitely it would be a good idea to take a look at, you know, having a booking agent that does it, or if you're not comfortable doing that, or you don't want to do that, you know, then, you know, having a, a booking agent or a manager that, that takes care of that for you. And it doesn't even necessarily, in my opinion, have to be a booking agent. If you have, you know, a friend that you would like to, you know, he's really good or she, he or she is really good at, at sales and can talk you up pretty good. Yeah. You know, you have that person do it, pay them a 10% commission and they can make a little extra money by helping you out and, you know, do it better than you can. But, you know, for me, um, I, you know, my, my entire life is adult life has been sales, you know, and I, I guess I feel like the reason why I haven't just gone exclusively with an agent and I've done a lot of it myself is that I feel like if I can't sell myself, who can? And I mm. sell products, you know, to, to people on a daily basis. And, you know, I, I feel comfortable negotiating. Yeah. You're selling products that aren't your own. As opposed to, well, now I'm selling myself, and it's like I always say, well, who knows you better than you? Nobody. So there's nothing to be nervous about because you know the answers to all the questions when people are asking you about you. So that's that's all good. And, and keep in mind, listeners, again, so if someone's coming to you and saying, would you like this opportunity? If you're saying, well, who would pass up an opener slot? Well, that's where you start running through some of the things we talked about earlier in the show. You know, is it a case of, well, I'm going to have to take the day off from work? Will you get paid for that day off? Is your employer understanding? Do you have a family? How much of a drive is it? What about the other people in the band? And then as Tim was saying, what does the pay look like? And is there going to be a chance that you're going to get all the things that I was mentioning? Access to their fans is simply, yeah, you're on stage in front of all their fans, but are you going to sell music and merch? Are you going to see a bump in your streaming and social media numbers and, and so on? So you have to evaluate all that. Tim, let's move on to the year that was 2020, which every artist would probably rather just leave in the past. Right. What did Whiskey Bent do in light of losing the ability to be out playing live? You know, um, when when everything kind of started shutting down, um, you know, it, it was a very uncharted territory for for everybody in the music industry and everybody in the world for that matter. And, uh, you know, we had shows booked for forever. I mean, we lost over 45 full band shows between March and July, end of July. Um, so, and as you know, in the, in the music industry, um, the summertime are all the fairs and festivals that are usually the, the gigs that are your best paying gigs throughout the year. In the wintertime, you're playing clubs that, you know, the clubs are great. If you have a club that has a capacity of 200, they can't afford to pay you the rates that festivals and 
you know, street dances and fairs and things like that can pay. So, you know, that was a, we, you know, we took a gigantic financial hit. Um, but by the time, you know, we got a month into the pandemic where, you know, we'd lost that whole month of shows and we were kind of social distancing and nobody really knew what was acceptable, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. So like we weren't actually, we were actually not even around each other as far as band members. Mm. Um, you know, I live in loop city, Nebraska and three other guys live in grand Island and another guy lives in Bolus, Nebraska, which is all, I mean, loop city to grand Island is about a 45 minute drive. Um, so it's not terrible, but it's, you know, a little ways. And we had, we decided, you know, I'm like, Oh, I got to, do something to kind of engage fans. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, obviously thank goodness for Facebook live. Um, and you know, I, I would do acoustic shows, um, you know, solo by myself, which mm. was something new for me. Cause I'd never done that in mm. front of people before. It's always been me and my band or me and my guitar player at least. Um, so I did some Facebook live stuff and, and uh, basically put up a, a Venmo and a PayPal link and, you know, asked my fans to join me. I promoted it, you know, a good two, three days in advance, saying that I was going to be live at, you know, 7 p.m. on Thursday night. And uh, that actually, you know, went pretty well. I mean, we didn't get – we didn't make the kind of money we would make if we were out, you know, playing live sure. in, in – in front of you know real life people sure but it helped us kind of supplement a little bit of income and then it also got to give our fans you know something that they'd been missing for a month and a half because everybody was locked in their house so it was very very uh rewarding to to Mm. do that and see how many comments that we got on you know i mean at one point we had like you know three four thousand people watching wow the uh the live feed which is amazing you think you know and then you're sitting there playing and and it's weird because you get in a live situation you get down with a song and people you know typically clap or make some noise so you got that crowd uh artist interaction and you get down with the song and all of a sudden you're in the (laughs) little studio room by yourself but you see like people can you know, tap on the heart or the like or whatever. And you see these little bubbles going up on the screen. And it's like, wow, this is, this is neat, but it's still really weird. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Wow. You know, so, so we did that. I did some solo stuff and then, uh, we got together and went to our rehearsal space and we did a, uh, a a Facebook live with the full band. One time that was kind of after we figured out, um, you know, I, I don't know if we have figured anything out to be honest with you. I think we maybe <laughs> just said the hell with it. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did, you know, um, and, and that was fun. And the hard, the hardest part about it is that we just didn't get that time to go. You know, you think about all that time off the road, you'd like to use that to get together and write and get, to, you know, everything involves getting together and everybody on the television sets telling you don't get together. Mm. Yeah, I guess when I asked that question, I was kind of half expecting you to say, well, we got a bunch of new music that that we're going to be putting out this year because, you know, during the pandemic, we had all kinds of time to just sit around and write. 
Well, and there is some of that. Um, okay. It's just we haven't we haven't got back together to put ideas together. I mean, I think everybody individually that is a songwriter during this time has taken that time to put feelings and thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, we do have you know some material that I think we'll be able to collaborate together and put together some new music here within the next year or so. Okay. Okay. But you did eventually start to get to play some shows. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I believe like beginning of March was when it kind of right around St. Patrick's day a little bit before that is kind of when it, when it, uh, cut off for us and we didn't do anything until I think it was like the last weekend in July. And, we played at Joe's Honky Tonk in Kearney, Nebraska, a two-nighter. We actually, the building had gone through a transition. It used to be called JD's, and they sold in April. And so during the pandemic, they remodeled the place, did a fantastic job with it, and we got to open that venue. Um, full band. It was end, of, end of July. Yep. Full band. Yep, and we played a full weekend, Friday and Saturday, and then... Um, the next show after that was two weeks later and we opened for Jimmy Allen. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking though, that the 10 year anniversary of whiskey bent last year probably was uneventful. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, were you able to do any kind of anything special? Uh, you know, that's a, it's an unfortunate story. (laughs) Um, that actually the day that we, the first show, that was axed um, due to COVID was our 10 year anniversary show that we mm. were supposed to have. Oh, uh, the, the show was, was scheduled um, for March 13th and it was in Omaha, Nebraska at uh, uh, whiskey Roadhouse in the, in the horseshoe casino. Wow. And uh, we had done a lot of work uh, to really make it something special um, from just kind of giving you an idea, like from Kearney, Nebraska, where, where, area that we live Kearney Grand Island um, it's about a two and a half hour drive to Omaha so hmm. I got together with the travel company and we put together this package for like the fans that are from our home area ah. they could basically get a meet and greet a motor coach bus ride with uh, you know buffet dinner tickets to the show and the whole, you know, and then we were we made up all these ten year anniversary whiskey bank koozies that everybody that got on the bus got one of those, and uh, we really put a lot of time and energy into making it a really cool thing. And uh, it, I called the guy on the on the twelfth because everything was kind of starting to get canceled that day. Yeah. And I called him the night before and I said, "Hey, just want to touch base with you, and make sure that we're good to go." He said, "Yep, we're good to go. We're we're moving forward." Hmm. We'll see you tomorrow. Hmm. So that next morning we got up and we were getting everything loaded and I was just about to get into the, uh, into the van to start heading to Omaha. And I got the call that, um, they, they canceled it. So, so our 10 year anniversary and we actually had the guys in the band had rooms booked already. And Hmm. so I just called the guys and I'm like, let's just go. (laughs) <laughs> we'll go <laughs> hang out in the hotel, the the five of us, and, and we'll hang out. So we went and had dinner, and 
There you go. We didn't get to play our 10 year anniversary show, but we yeah. but we got to be together on the 10 year yeah. anniversary. So, yeah. well, and I love the the idea that you came up with that whole story that you told about what you put together with the travel company. I mean, that to me is is really really great because it is a big deal. It's a 10 year anniversary, and you do have obviously a very loyal, dedicated following. So to be able to say to them, hey, we want you to be a part of this. Here's what we have for you. It really sounded like a great package. It's unfortunate that the show didn't come off because I I really love that concept of everything that you put together. But like you said, at least you were able to make a little bit of lemonade out of the lemons by at least having the guys together and and doing what you were able to do. Uh, I wonder, when the listeners hit your website, they're going to see a splash page that says powered by compass roofing i love seeing an artist do something a little non-traditional like that meaning not a gear company sponsorship can you talk a little bit about the compass roofing sponsorship how it came to be what it entails those types of things yeah basically uh um, compass roofing is a uh, roofing contracting company in central nebraska uh south dakota the guy i I, it was again it, it comes back to building relationships um, prior to us being sponsored by uh, Compass, we were sponsored by Bud Light, and it was the local um, the local distributor, H and H Distributing at the time um, was our sponsor. So we kind of we found ways to, you know, it, me being in the advertising business, I'm like, if someone's going to pay money, you know, and like for a billboard on the side of the road. Why would they not attach their brand to our brand mm-hmm. and let us provide a, you know, moving billboard? We can, you know, promote their products on our merchandise, promote their products at our shows, um, and you know, kind of do some branding for them. And in the meantime, monetize, you know, that as a sponsorship opportunity for somebody. And it, so it's a win-win situation. So we partnered with them um, because I've, I've known Shane for several years. Um, and uh, we, we basically came to an agreement that, you know, for a certain amount of uh, annual money that he would give us for the sponsorship, we would, you know, put Compass Roofing on our website and a link to their website. And we would do Compass Roofing branding on... Uh, our summer tour t-shirts and then we also um did a full wrap on our motorhome and Mm. our band trailer that says you know whiskey bent powered by compass roofing and it's got you know their website our website so it's it's it looks very professional um and it gets a lot of attention because it's very bright orange so when you pull into a to a fair or a festival or a show and you know you, you can't hide in that thing that's yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah yeah well that's a great story i i really love the vision of trying to go for sort of as i was saying the non-traditional route because i think everybody just says well if one of these guitar companies would just sponsor me or if one of these you know insert audio equipment here companies would sponsor me and everybody's going after that so audience i hope you noticed how tim said we used to have, was it Bud Light? Is Bud that what Light. you said? We used to have Bud Light, and he said, 
it was through the local distributor. So you don't ask yourself, well, who do I get a hold of at Anheuser-Busch corporate? You start local, and that's what he's done with Compass Roofing, and, and it sounds like a, a great relationship that they have. I want to refer you back, listeners, to episode 241. I interviewed Jeff Stramitz, who you know is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, but at the time... He was the president and CEO of Boulder Creek Musical Instruments and spent a lot of time on that interview talking about exactly what Tim is saying, building relationships and what to go to a potential sponsor with instead of just having your hand out. So I'll put a link to that interview on Tim's episode page, but I really encourage you to listen to that conversation with Jeff because as somebody who is getting approached by artists that were always saying, you should sponsor me because I play your guitars, he was able to kind of tell you what it's like from his side of the fence hearing artists come to him. Tim, on a personal note, you are a husband and a father of three boys. I want to give you a chance here before we wrap up to talk about your family and, and maybe any music that any of them might be starting into. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a very proud dad um, and uh, a very fortunate husband, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife... Uh, is basically the rock of of our family, and she uh, she supports my music career. Which is, um, if you're in the music industry, fellas, <laughs> or even ladies, um, and you find someone that is behind you and supports you and lets you go um, do that because it's not easy, uh, definitely hang on to them. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, my wife Jennifer. How long have y'all been married? Uh, we will have our seven-year anniversary on April fifth. Awesome. So yeah, coming up on seven years. I, I have a a seven-year-old boy. So he was actually in our wedding. I have a fifteen-year-old stepson, and I have a four-year-old boy. So, uh, and we have a dog Ruger and. He is also a boy. So my wife is highly outnumbered <laughs> in the house. Um, but as far as the boys and musically, um, I'm so proud of, of all of the boys. Um, my oldest, uh, Logan, who was 15, he started kind of playing drums and, and you know, he took guitar lessons and things like that when he was younger. Kind of grew out of that now. Um, he's more into the sports thing, which that's one thing that I'll never do is push my kids. If it's something they want to do and they want to continue to pursue it, um, I'll do that. Um, but I believe you have to let your kids kind of pave their own way as far as what uh, what they like to do. Mm. Um, just because I did it doesn't mean they have to. But if they want to, I'll certainly support it. <laughs> I'm really interested to hear you say this because I was waiting to ask you if you have pushed the boys into music. You know, and the the two younger ones, uh, Landon and Lucas, um, I don't know if, I don't think I pushed them into music. I think that I've, they've seen what dad does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those kids w were born into it. Um, <laughs> you know, they have dad's show posters hanging on their bedroom walls. <laughs> and That's awesome. They've got to meet my friends who are also musicians. And, you know, there's always a guitar in the house. Mm -hmm. So Landon... Uh, he's kind of started, you know, showing interest in it. And uh, he started taking lessons when he was five. Oh. And he's seven now. And, 
you know, he, his rhythm is great. He plays well. Um, I mean, for a seven year old. Sure. And I just, I, I really feel that Landon is going to be, uh, probably better than I'll ever dream to be, <laughs> you know, when kids are that age and they start, you know, learning an instrument at that point, I mean, their brains are so developmental that they're soaking in all this info. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I just think it's a lot easier to learn when you're younger than it is, you know, when you're older. So I'm super proud of him. Um, Lucas is the same way. I'm not sure if he's going to be a right handy or right handed or left handed. Mm. Uh, he kind of flips it back and forth, <laughs> but you know, he's four yet. So he's still, I mean, he's still a little young to, mm-hmm. but he's, he sings and he's, you know, definitely as a matter of fact, I just posted something on my Facebook page yesterday. It was, uh, at preschool they were supposed to dress what they want to do when they get when they get older and lucas my three or my four-year-old uh came out of the bedroom wearing jeans a whiskey bent t-shirt and a backwards hat and he said i'm gonna be a singer <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome so yeah that was that was neat well we're gonna close today with another song from whiskey bent one called fireflies which has about 30,000 streams on Spotify, by the way. Tim, before that song gets played, though, tell the audience all about it first, if you would. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad we talked about the kids because this song is is all about family. It's about, uh, you know, beautiful weather in the summertime when those fireflies come out and um, being around your kids and your significant other and just soaking in life and enjoying it. So that's that's kind of what the the gist of fireflies is and that song was written by joe parr as well um and uh yeah it's it's been we did a video for that song as well so you can find the video for fireflies on our website or on youtube either one and uh hope you guys enjoy it yeah and as i said the song has obviously been very well received well with how much activity it's gotten on spotify so Congratulations on the success of the song. And Tim, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming back to Now Hear This Entertainment. You bet, Bruce. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Tim Zock from the band Whiskey Bent. Visit their official website at whiskeybentband.com. And again, I will have a link to their site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Do engage with Whiskey Bent on social media. There are icons on their website, so you can link over and like their music page on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to their YouTube channel where you will want to watch and like their videos. For that matter, tell them that you heard Tim and the band's music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Whiskey Bent's music can be purchased through iTunes, plus I encourage you to follow the band on Spotify. Their music is streaming on there, as you've heard. And be sure to keep up with Whiskey Bent online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. Don't forget to go back to episode 118 and listen to my interview with Tim Zock from May of 2016. I will put a link to that one also on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. A reminder that if you are an aspiring performer or podcaster, take advantage of my more than 15 years in the music business and my almost seven years of podcasting and let's do a private one-on-one online video consultation. Just go to nowhearthis.biz, H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, 
And in the article titled, Video Consultations Now Available, you can click on the link to book time with me to help you with the challenges that you're having. As I've said on the last two episodes, the changeover to a new year is a great motivator for investing in yourself and your career and overcoming whatever hurdles you've been facing. And I look forward to helping you through that. For now, that's going to do it for episode 363. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Whiskey Bent. This is the one that Tim just talked about. It's called Fireflies. Working on the second half of a six-pack Sitting with my better half On the back step laughing Watching the kids in the yard chase fireflies Well, I had my moments You know I have Taking rides on the wild side And barely made it back Didn't even know that I was Surely here to fall fall In my younger days I stayed out all night Got in a little trouble And a couple of fights Didn't know what I was missing Though until I had it all Working on the second half Of a six-pack Sitting with my better half On the back step laughing Watching the kids in the yard chase fireflies That's the life Will they say that home is where the heart is And my heart is where my baby is Sitting here together with each other Taking nice and slow there ain't one thing better in the whole wide world than sitting right here with my lady and my girls. Put my hand in the cooler, grab a coat on, watch the show. Working on the second half of a six-pack, sitting with my better half on the back step, laughing, watching the kids in the yard chase fireflies. Life.